Okay, we're live. Hi everyone, we are Sunflowers and Red Feathers. I'm Christina. And I'm Stephanie. We are two moms living in the before and after of child loss. Join us in this journey as we share our stories of not only loss, but how life after loss can still be full of beauty, love, hope, and joy. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on when we post a new video. Bye. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Sunflowers and Red Feathers. I am Stephanie. Hi, and I'm Christina. This episode, we have two special guests with us. They are Sarah and Natalie from Marigold Moms. They're two sisters who both have lost daughters in the last few years, and they bonded in that grief and are on this grief journey together now. And they actually started a lost community, is what they call it, a lost mom community. And uh, we found them on Instagram because they are are you okay yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry okay sorry we had a child um, i thought my three-year-old was asleep but she chose that exact moment to come on in oh okay you know what That's real okay. life we totally got it yep. <laughs> we've had guest appearances from our children as well so uh, what is your three-year-old's name rosemary rosemary okay that's what i thought well to start off would you guys like to just introduce yourselves to our uh, followers and tell us a little bit about your daughters? Sure. So uh, my name's Sarah and Natalie and I are sisters. And uh, my oldest daughter, Alice, was born August 2016. And then January 2017, she passed away in her sleep. She was almost five months old. And then uh, my husband and I decided to get pregnant again really quickly. <laughs> and we had Rosemary 2017. So she has been really wonderful. And I think we're going to talk more about pregnancy after loss and having another baby after loss, but it's been a big journey. And I also love singing and decorating cakes and being with my family. So that's me. <laughs> um, I'm Natalie. I am older than Sarah, in case you wonder. We are not twins. <laughs> <laughs> and people always think she's older because she's a lot taller than me. But um, we're four years apart. And um, so I had my first daughter, Margot, in um, February of 2015. And after short, shortly after she was um, born, she was diagnosed with trisomy 18. And um, do you guys, should I get into like what that is right now? Yeah, please. I actually was going to look it up because I don't know. Okay. So um, trisomy 18 is a genetic condition, and it's very similar to Down syndrome. Um, so with Down, with Down syndrome, you have three of the 21st chromosome. And trisomy 18 is like that, and it's a, um, a duplication of a chromosome, but it's a different chromosome. So it's the 18th chromosome. So tri, meaning three, um, and then 18, the 18th chromosome. So it does affect, um, it, it affects the, the babies differently. It's not always exactly the same like manifesting, but um, it does have a higher fatality rate than Down syndrome. And 
Um, most babies either don't make it to birth, don't or don't survive labor, and, or they don't um, survive the first year of life. So um, it is a it's a pretty it was a really really scary diagnosis, and we didn't know what to expect. Um, but she lived for one week after she was born, and then she passed away at our home in our nursery on um, hospice care. So um, that was February of 2015, so about six years ago now. And then we had our second daughter. After that, she was born um, the next May, so a little over a year later. And then I also have a um, little boy, and he's he was also born in May um, three years later. So I have the three kids and one in heaven. Wow. That is quite the story. So I think you said you didn't know until after she was born that she had this condition. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's not very common for it to go unnoticed during pregnancy. Um, a lot of people will notice it in the, in the anatomy scan that they do at 20 weeks. And um, for some reason, we just, um, our doctor just didn't see and, our, you know, all of the whatever steps that these, uh, these things go through when they check your baby and they make sure that everything's okay. It just was missed, um, every single time. So it was a huge shock when she was born and we realized yeah. that she was severely underweight. And so she was full term, but she was four pounds and oh um, yeah, it was, so it was a huge surprise. And, um, it was really, it was really interesting because I always assume that like when you get a diagnosis like this, something that's really life-changing that it's always, you know, handled really delicately and things like that. And, um, that's not really how it happened. And I, I think about that a lot. And, um, I always hope that other people will have a better experience than I had because, um, my, I remember my husband and I were in the room and we knew that something was wrong um, because I'd had to have an emergency C-section and mm. had taken her away right after birth. And I had not even seen her yet. And um, her pediatrician came in and just basically said, well, I have some concerns. I think she, she might have trisomy 18. She's showing a lot of signs of that. So I'm going to go do some more research. I'll talk to you guys later. And he just kind of took off and we were just left oh. to Google Google search trisomy 18 and try to figure out what that even was and yeah. sort through it from there. So, um, it, it's, it was from the very beginning, it was just a very, very confusing and like very sudden journey of wrapping our heads around what was happening. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So you both have sweet little angels watching over you <laughs> and that has bonded you guys together. Um, what made you start Marigold Moms? What inspired you to do that? And tell us more about the Marigold. So obviously we kind of had built-in support systems. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Like Nat said, Margot was born in 2015 and then uh, my daughter wasn't born until August 2016. So Margot passed away before Alice was even born. And so I was so lucky and also tremendously unlucky, I guess, to have somebody so close to me 
who had lost a child to kind of hold my hand and say like, here are things you want to do. Here are some things that you might, like I had no clue how anything worked. And she was like, I found a burial plot for Alice very close to Margot, and I can just buy that for you guys. And <laughs> like stuff that I wouldn't have any idea how to navigate. And we thought about yeah. that a lot, how I, I mean, obviously it wasn't easy, but it was a lot more smooth of a transition. I feel like, cause you were like, I've been through this. I know what we should do. I know what things I wish I had done. Mm -hmm. Let me help you navigate this. And, um, so many people don't have that. This they don't. A lot of people don't know anybody, <laughs> and certainly yeah. not somebody close to them. And so, that's what we're hoping to create for other people is a community and a resource of women for other women to kind of show them the way and help them not feel alone and help them navigate the path with more ease. I guess as much ease as you can have in such a traumatic time. So that was kind of our inspiration for creating it. Do you want to tell them about Marigold? Well, I was just going to say that um, another thing we noticed after we went through this was that um, there were many women that we already knew that we already felt close with that didn't tell us until after we went through our losses that they had also gone through a loss. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, it was really um, surprising just that it was something that they felt like they couldn't talk about or felt like they kind of needed to keep a secret or people wouldn't want to know. And, you know, and if, if people want to keep a loss private, that's totally fine. But I just, I felt like, okay, we need to really help women feel like it's okay to talk about. And it's, it's not something to be ashamed of. And that um, it's not that uncommon as it seems, because um, if, if people aren't talking about it, then you think it doesn't happen as much. And so yeah. we just, after, after we both went through it, we, we felt like this is so much more common than we ever would have known if we didn't go through it. And um, if we can just connect these women, mm -hmm. then that in itself can be a really powerful thing. So that's um, another reason why we felt like we need to bring lost moms together. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So true. I, had similar experiences where all these people come out of the woodwork and they're whether it's you know their own child or people that they know that have lost children and they can connect you with just tons and tons of people it's it's amazing to have that resource and it's you're so so right it's such a taboo subject to bring up any kind of death really in our society is like oh nobody wants to talk about that it's going to make them sad so just don't bring it up and then child loss is like on a whole other plane like you just don't want to bring up their person's child because it's going to make them cry. And we're like, no, please say their name, share memories, like talk about them. It's so different than what anybody thinks. And you're so right. We just need to get, tell other moms that it's okay. And we're all going through it and it's okay to talk about it. I love that. Um, oh yeah. Did you want to share about the marigold? Sure. So uh, we spent a lot of time brainstorming. <laughs> <laughs> kind of got into a a rut of trying to figure out what should we name this group we went down a black hole we really did <laughs> <laughs> and um we wanted it to be something reflective of loss and healing and all those kinds of things but um we didn't want it to be like 
so sad <laughs> just by the title yeah. and so we we talked we joked we're like let's call it the sad moms group yeah. <laughs> just like a joke not not for real, we still have that as a secondary title yes marigold moms the sad mom group yeah. <laughs> but we yeah we wanted to make it meaningful and we spent a lot of time exploring different things different symbolism and that kind of thing and we landed on the marigold because it uh is symbolic of grieving the loss of a loved one and also um we've read in many places it symbolizes the warmth of the rising sun and we wanted it to be both that invitation to grieve and to remember the loss of your child and also to welcome the warmth and healing and hope of the future and and the sun so uh i don't know if you guys have seen coco but the flowers that are like everywhere in coco they're marigolds because <laughs> it's oh. all symbolic of the afterlife and death and loss and yeah, okay. The marigold petals form that bridge. Um, yeah. To, from our world, world to dead. their world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually really cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We thought it was. Um, it it just felt right when we yeah. when we talked about it, and um, I think it's really special. Yeah. Well, that's what matters, right? It's, <laughs> as soon as you, as soon as you find something that feels right, like when. Uh, Stephanie came up with the idea for for our podcast blogcast title. At first, it was yellow sippy cups and red feathers, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of long, but I love it." And we finally <laughs> settled for uh, sunflowers because um, my son's color for Mason is yellow, obviously. And um, the reason that we got that was because my mom watched him shit at in home daycare, and when they asked like what colors to use for his memorial, I was like. He's 19 months old. Like, I don't know what his favorite color is. My mom goes, oh, it's yellow. He always picks the yellow sippy cup. And I had oh. told Stephanie that at one time. And so, and then her her thing for Joshua is red feathers because he loved Roman knights. And so that the red plume on their helmet um, kind of was like his thing. So anyways, that's how we came up with some flowers and red feathers, but not that you asked. <laughs> but anyways, well, I, I love like it though, because it's, it's another happy thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Those are happy things. And I love yeah, it, and so. it felt right. It it just felt right. So it just yeah, it took like two seconds. Um, but <laughs> speaking of you know starting sunflowers and red feathers, I just had this moment. I can remember like the first I don't know week or two when Stephanie and I got the idea to start a podcast. Like we were on our phones, like messaging each other constantly, like with ideas and hey, we should do this and you know all this all day long. And after we like had made the, made the Facebook, made the Instagram and did all this stuff, I remember sitting down on the couch one night and just like just wave just hit me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be thinking about Mason and my grief and having to deal with all of that almost on a daily basis. Like, am I ready for that? Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like, was that just me? I don't remember if Stephanie said she felt that way or like, have you guys had that kind of moment? Like I'm making this reality. Like I have, if I create this group, I have to maintain this group. Do you, did you guys have that moment? Absolutely. Totally. And I, I think that for me, it was a, a little bit more of a, a jarring transition because Sarah um, was already speaking about Alice and about her loss publicly and um, I hadn't really talked about it much at all online. Um, not that I w- was 
opposed to it, but it just hadn't really felt natural. And um, it was just something that had I had always kind of dealt with more privately. And so I remember when Sarah and I were having the, the idea and talking about it, um, I felt a really strong drive um, to go through with it, to do it. And I, I really felt like this is right. And this is something that, that we can do. But I, I was also scared. And I just remember thinking, I don't know if I can talk about Margot every day. I don't know if I can even think about her every day because there have been, I mean, there have been times in my life when I've just tried so hard to avoid that grief and booked myself so busy and um, just filled my life up to the brim so that there's no room for grief. And um, I think it, it was, it had to be a really, um, a really conscious decision to say, okay, I'm going to make room in my life for grief. And um, that was really scary to me, but I also felt like I wanted to. Um, I felt like it was time <laughs> to, to talk about it and just spend a lot of time kind of going through all those um, thoughts and those emotions. And I also knew that I, I had learned things that I hoped would help other women. And so that really was a big motivator to me because like Sarah said, um, I was able to be there for her during her grief. And it's not like I felt like, oh, I'm going to be so helpful. I know exactly what to do. But I just knew that the fact that I understood and I had gone through it and I was still here and still alive and still um, trying to show up and, and still be a mother to my other kids, um, I knew that that could help Sarah. And so just just feeling like, okay, maybe one thing that I have to say will help one other mom. That was enough for me to feel like, okay, I can do this. I can, I can at least try and see how it goes. You hadn't disintegrated yet. No, not yeah. yet. <laughs> that in and of itself, honestly, I was right. like, okay. Right. And that's, that's how you feel at the time. You're like, will I just die? Will I go will I am Rasputin? Yeah. Will, or will I implode? <laughs> Like the witch king? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so it's just good to have like, like somebody. Yeah. It's good to have some human that is like, yeah, I did that. It sucked, but here I am. Yeah. No. I didn't really answer for you, no. but sorry, Stephanie. <laughs> oh, no, it's good. Like, I think you totally hit it on the head. Like, you were there for her and you were still alive. And sometimes that's what other moms need to see. Like, I remember when I first lost Joshua, like I felt like I was the only one going through this and then being able to find other people that were, that understood that pain and had gone through that heartbreak and that they were still, you know, trucking on that meant something to me because it was hard to imagine going forward after losing my son. Like, so I'm glad you guys had each other for that. That's really big, and I'm kind of jealous. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, you have me. We're like, we I, I know I have you. I had oh, to wait like a hard. few months for that, though. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm grateful for Christina. Like, I think, I mean, definitely, we have bonded because of our grief. And I don't think I was fully able to grieve until I had Christina in my life. If that makes sense. Um, and mm -hmm. so I feel like we've both been grieving together and that has been 
so instrumental for our grief and being able to see you two um, sharing your grief together is, is a big deal. And I appreciate the work that you guys are doing. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I was going to say that I, obviously my daughter passed away first, but Sarah was absolutely there for me when my daughter died. And um, she, she wrote a song for my daughter that has kind of entered the um, loss parent space. I don't know. Um, I think I've heard it. Have you? I totally stalked you. Oh yeah. Sarah, <laughs> I, <really did. laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if you want me to like talk Please about do. it. I don't want you to feel like, yeah, okay. Go for it. Please um, do. Yeah. So it's called until heaven. And um, she wrote this song for Margot and just about that feeling of just trying to cherish your baby and love every second with them and um, trying, trying to say goodbye. Um, and honestly, I don't even know if I've told you this. I could not listen to it for like the oh, first yeah. year. No, I knew that. I had listened to the first like 30 seconds mm -hmm. and I was like, nope, mm -mm, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I shared yeah. it with my sister who had just had a miscarriage and I was like, maybe not right now, but when you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was just so, so personal. Like this is about my daughter and it's like, yeah. um, but she did it. She wrote it at, for, for my baby and for me and for other lost moms and other lost parents. And she did this whole event where, um, a vigil. Yeah. A vigil where parents brought their pictures of their kids that they had lost and we lit candles and it was yeah. just beautiful. And it was so meaningful for these parents. And, um, everyone was just amazed at how, how loving she was and how she was just so supportive. And then just a short while later, suddenly she was on the other side of it. And, um, so I just think Ugh, just got chills. It, yeah. It felt, it just felt like, okay, this, it was meant to be. And Sarah's just always had that, that love and that, um, charity for this, this group of people that we're in now. And she was serving us and serving them before she was a part of it. And now she is a part of it. And, um, I just felt like if I can hitch my wagon to her star, <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's almost, it's almost like heavenly father was preparing you for that in a way. It was really bizarre. Literally. I was so in shock. And since Alice died unexpectedly at home, like police came and firemen and uh, people from the medical examiner's office. And there were just like tons of people in my house. And I'm literally sitting on my couch, just like spacing out. And all of a sudden I go, I wrote a song about this. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> one of the cops was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I wrote a song about this for my sister. Her daughter died this is so weird. And he was like, that is weird. And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it was so odd. I thought you were going to say there were all these men in my house. And then I realized, Oh, I'm not wearing pants. Yeah. That happened too. <laughs> <laughs> first thing in the morning. <laughs> Who's wearing pants first thing in the morning. And then obviously you don't care when it's like an emergency situation like that. It's just not even on your radar. But when you notice and you're like, Oh, it's like a, Dream. Yeah, like everything, I 
I don't want to say everything had calmed down. It was like the beginning, but right. People had left. A kind couple of. people had left and it was like a calm moment. And I was like, I have no pants on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, but I was going to say, I remember that you can listen to the song. Cause I said to mom, I was like, I don't think she's listened to it. And it had been like several months. Yeah. And mom was like, give her time. The poor thing. And I was like, all right. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, she, she doesn't have to listen to it. She wasn't wrong. And then time. after Alice died, somebody was like, you should listen to Until Heaven Again. And I was like, no, 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 no. I cannot. <laughs> so then like, I couldn't listen to it Yeah, for like several months after that. And I was like, I get it now. Yeah. But I also feel like that whole thing, because I am very outgoing and I joke around to cope with things and I try to say things that are helpful and sometimes they're not helpful. And I remember trying to say things to Natalie that would be like <laughs> helpful in some way or I don't know. And I remember leaving her house many times shortly after Margot died and feeling like, well, I blew it. I said so many <laughs> weird things and so many strange things to this poor lady. She's just trying to make I never thought you were a poor lady. lady. <laughs> but no, anyway, I've done that too. Yeah. That, after Alice died, people would say weird stuff to me, and for some reason it made me like immune to it. Where mm. I was just like, I remember when I was you. <laughs> just doing my best. Yeah. And yeah. that was weird, and I'm gonna just let it. Just let it go. <laughs> Nobody knows what to say. Yeah, you're just like, whatever. <laughs> and I think it was so soon after was helpful too, because I was like, yeah, I, I didn't know what to say or do. But well, we're all just trying, I guess. I have no like specific memories of like, oh, Sarah said the worst thing. <laughs> like, I, I barely remember anything from back then. I was just like, I understand. What? <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Well, moving uh, so. on. Here's something we should have told you beforehand. We talk a lot. Like, a lot. <laughs> like, if you interviewed us individually, we would be so serious and on topic and focused. But you made a mistake interviewing us together. <laughs> I know. It's perfect. While she was answering the last question, I almost interrupted her with a new question like five times. And I kept telling myself, this is not my podcast. <laughs> I have questions here. No. And so if you you are fine to just be like, shut up, ladies. <laughs> Let's focus. It's time. Because we could just go, just could spin into its own thing. So I'm I'm sorry. No, it's, no it's totally cool. I don't think we've laughed this much in our podcast at all. So I love yeah, it. Me too. <laughs> this is refreshing. I love like, it. Is it okay? We we laugh to to cope. Yes. <laughs> and I think laughing um, it's essential. <laughs> well, I think there's always gonna be people that are gonna say, I'm not ready to laugh. I'm I don't want to laugh, and that's fine. That's you know, if that's not where they're at, mm -hmm. I think we offer other things as well yeah and um but I do think that like giving moms permission to laugh and be silly and still mm -hmm. be happy is a whole new topic that like I think oh. I don't remember for sure if we've talked about getting into that or not but I think it's something that is important to both of us like realizing that mm -hmm. you are allowed to be happy 
and be silly and goof mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. after after your loss. And that's and not feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember visiting you when Margo was alive and you were joking about how tiny her little bum was. <laughs> it was and so small. I, I didn't know what to expect coming into this house because I'm like, we have no idea how long she's going to live. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to really rein it in and be as somber as possible. <laughs> and she's like making jokes. And I was like, okay, this is allowed. And I'm so glad she did that because I think it was so wise to allow that laughter and light and joy in Margot's short life. I mean, yeah, who knows how much she could comprehend when she's a tiny, tiny baby. <laughs> but I thought it was really incredible. And I was like, look at this mother being so brave and wise for her tiny girl. Cause she even said to my mom, I don't want her to just see people crying her whole life. And that's her whole life. Yeah. I want her to see people smile and, and, and I was like, all right, let's do it. And so that's kind of the whole approach <laughs> we've taken the whole time is just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's I think it's so true. <laughs> yeah. And I like to think, I don't know if I've ever said it in this way before, but I like to think that our girls bring us a lot of joy. Yeah. Even if it's a different kind than, than our other kids bring us, yeah. but it's a kind of laugh. She really did have the tiniest bum. <laughs> I mean, she was four pounds. Of course, she was hysterical. But well, speaking of other children, since I saw Stephanie's or heard one one of Stephanie's, um, her next question for you guys, which I'll go ahead and just read it. Um, so you guys have obviously had a couple of kids since your losses, and Stephanie and I both have had children after our losses. So. Do you have any advice for other moms who are pregnant or considering having other kids? I want to say something. Please do. Okay. Please so do. Natalie, very shortly after Alice died, approached me and was like, I know it's the last thing you want to hear and it's the last thing you want to do, but you got to have another baby. <laughs> and if it had been anyone else, I would have been like, get out of here. Yeah. And just to be clear, this is not something I'm going to just say to random ladies. Yeah, this does not go for everybody. This is because she's my sister and I know she's exactly like me. <laughs> this is not her advice for every single mom. Right. This is what she said to me. And even then I wasn't like, I must do what I was like, okay, this is very good advice from somebody who I know has experience. You're like, I'll take that under consideration. Who's, yeah, whose opinion I Thank really you. care about. And then of course, my husband, he was like completely on board. He was like, yes, let's have another baby. And I, I feel like I didn't really think about it that much. I was like, what else am I supposed to do? This is, this, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Alice was our only child. Like, we have baby stuff. <laughs> we have yeah. baby stuff. I was a full-time mom. We have no other babies. Yeah. I'll just have another baby. And it, it wasn't like, anyway, but what I was hoping to share <laughs> was that once Rosie was born, I felt so weird. And I just was like, who are you? <laughs> I had a different baby. Oh. Yeah, I was just like, it was very confusing. And I, I know that I had a lot of PTSD, attachment, weirdness, and she would always call her ma'am. <laughs> like, like ma'am, can I help you? She'd hold up her brand newborn baby and be like, ma'am, what do you need to hold her like that? <laughs> but I, I really struggled honestly, to open my heart up to connect with her because I was so afraid that she would just die and I couldn't mm. 
I could not deal with that. And it took me like three or four months before I could finally, like, I loved her. I wasn't like, <laughs> I did not love her, but I just felt, I felt a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. And I tried to speak openly about that and be like, I'm kind of freaking out. And I, my advice for women who want to have other babies or are about to have other babies is to give yourself time to uh, be open to that sort of connection because some babies you have that instant connection and that's wonderful. That's great. And some babies you kind of have to work for it. And I think of what a lot like dating because sometimes you meet somebody <laughs> and you like have this instant spark and it's great. Right. But other people you meet and like, you like them, but it's not like fireworks from day one, but you like work at your relationship and you over time, bond and get better and that's fine and nobody's like well that's weird well <laughs> and if, you've gone, if you've gone through like a terrible breakup or a divorce or something yeah. dating is harder yeah and it's like that like you lost a baby yeah so you're bonding with your new baby is gonna be trickier yeah so i feel like i'm not really saying it very well but i just want to reassure women that if you're scared that you're not going to love them the same way that's okay and that's normal and well, they're not the same, so it's not going to be the same. Exactly. And you have to give yourself time to to fall in love with them and have that attachment. And I just think you need to trust yourself that that will happen. I mean, there's no scenario where your kid's 18 and you're like, it never happened. I never loved I never loved <laughs> Like, just, it, I think we just put a lot of pressure on ourselves as moms to be perfect and if you are trying then that's enough I think that's great I have advice well too. said <laughs> is <Yes>. it okay <laughs> I don't know how long we're supposed to talk I'm, I'm sorry so sorry <laughs> no, did you have anything you wanted to add yes um because okay. my um with Nora after she was born was like some of the hardest moments of my life including um, losing Margot, And looking back, I just know that I made it so much harder than it needed to be. And um, so Nora was, uh, she was not a great sleeper. And I had just so much anxiety. And it wasn't really like logical, of course, because um, obviously, like, losing one baby doesn't mean you're gonna lose another. But I was just so terrified of every little thing. But on top of that, um, I just felt so much pressure and I didn't even realize I was feeling it. It was totally um, subconscious, but I felt so much pressure to enjoy every second and just be so grateful that I had a baby that was healthy because I was, I was so grateful and it was what I had been dreaming of. And it, it was what I had mourned the loss of. And I, I was just like, okay, I'm finally living what I wanted. And I have what I didn't get with, with Margot. And I have this, a, a new chance. And I, I cried for the last year and a half because I didn't have this. And so now here I am and I have it. And so I have, it has to be wonderful. And it's, I, I have to just be grateful and I can't complain. And um, my baby was hard. Nora was so hard. And she was 
just a terrible sleeper and she was fussy and um, she was just very picky from the very beginning. And I didn't want to ask for help. And I just didn't, it didn't even really cross my mind to be like, I need a break from my baby because I was like, my baby's alive. So my baby's going to be right here. And, um, but I needed a break, man. I needed help and I needed to speak up and say, I am on like a hundred percent anxiety, 100% of the time. And it's not sustainable. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. And I just had such terrible, terrible postpartum depression and um, was just getting no sleep and just trying so hard to enjoy it and never have any negative feelings, nothing, no, no feelings of like, Oh, this is hard. No, no acknowledgement of like, you know what? Losing a baby's hard. Having a live baby is hard. Like mm -hmm. I need that to be my baby's alive. So my life is perfect. Yeah. And yeah. that's not how it is. It's hard. It's hard to have a baby. It's hard to have a baby that has needs and it's hard to um, heal from giving birth. And so um, I just wish that I had been more vocal about what I was feeling. I wish that I had gotten help for myself and um, I wish that I had realized like, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm, I'm having a really hard time dealing with having a baby Yeah, because in a way she was kind of my first, um, cause Margo was only alive for a week. And so there was all of, pretty much all of my firsts were with Nora and I just felt like I was expected to be an expert because I wasn't actually a first time mom. Um, so I just hope that I hope that other women will realize that of course child loss is really, really hard, but having a baby is also really hard and it's okay to say, I'm grateful for my baby. I'm grateful for my baby's health. I'm happy to be here where I am, yeah. but also I need sleep and I need a break and I need to get away from my baby for a second and I need help and just, I can, okay, everything has to be perfect now. I can't complain because my baby is okay. So many women who have struggled with infertility and then finally are able to get pregnant mm -hmm. and then have like the now they'll I'll even see them post on their Instagram stories like I've thrown up 12 times today but I'm just so grateful to be pregnant and I always want to message them and be like listen it's okay it doesn't mean you're not grateful to be right but then I'm like As I'm not their therapist so right. I don't need to jump in <laughs> I think that that's totally natural to be yeah. like but this is what I wanted but like right. that's it doesn't make it not hard. Yeah. 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 Well, my, when I took Nora in for her, I think it was her four month appointment. Her pediatrician was literally like, she seems fine. You're not fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spend 0.5 seconds looking at Nora. Yep. She's fine. And she was like, she's thriving. Something's wrong here. <laughs> well, good for her. She was like, I really, I really That's love awesome. her. She, she was like, you need to get help. You need to put your baby in bed and walk away. You need to like just eat food and get sleep. Like she just was, she saw that I was not meeting any of my own needs. Cause I was so obsessed with meeting Nora's needs and making it look like I was happy every second. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. I think that's some golden advice though. I think you hit it right on the head. It's perfect. I agree. <laughs> Love it. <laughs>
All right. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to wrap it up just a little bit, but we want to hear um, where we can find you. Where can people find you? Oh, we are on Instagram at uh, Miracle underscore. I don't forget (laughs) the underscore. We're Marigold underscore at MarigoldMoms.org. Yep. (laughs) What do you want me to say? Um, And that we just, uh, we love sharing our stories. We love to hear from other lost moms. And we're so grateful that we connected with you guys because we love what you share. And it's really good to talk to you. I want to like... And this immediately start a new interview where we ask you guys questions. Like I just, <laughs> I, I feel weird that it was so one-sided, but this has been really great. Thank you so much for, for having us on. Yeah, please. We would love to be on your podcast as well. So we can definitely finish this conversation on another <laughs> night. But I'm not going to lie. I was totally fangirling that we got to interview with you. I know. Because <laughs> like, we've been following you for so long. It's like, yay, they're celebrities. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We're literally just like we're in our basement. I love it. It was very validating for us to be like, someone wants to talk to us. Oh my gosh. Thank you for inviting. Yeah. We hope that anything we said was good. We just sorry. It was great. We're so grateful that we were able to have you on here. Not sorry. (laughs) all right ladies well thank you again very much and we hope to be hearing from you soon thank you so much (laughs) yeah good night